That's why when I said that, you just let me keep going because yes. I was right. <laughs> I was watching your eyes. I'm like, I know he's spinning out of control right now. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what my eyes were doing, but you're right. My mind was. I apologize just for letting you go through that on your own. Yeah, that's a, that's okay. It's, I wasn't it's, a very good friend. It's, it's it's quite all right. Welcome to the Faith Finances and F Bombs podcast, where we inspire you to manage your money, find your soul, and cover your ears. Join host Hartley Wright, a certified spiritual director, and Kevin Bartolacci, director of research and education at Sunvold Financial Investment Advisory Firm. Together, they hope to help you discover the benefits of enriching your life as they entertain one another and hopefully you too. Well, to paraphrase and maybe add a little bit to Mark Twain, rumors of our death have been slightly exaggerated. Not that anyone was saying we died, but let the record reflect that we went, that our listeners, our subscribers, most specifically, people who listen on some streaming service and listen to us and are able to click a button that says follow us, they become subscribers. And so most specifically, our subscribers may have thought we died because they went 57 days without hearing from us. 57? 57 days without hearing a podcast episode from us. I must have been really busy because that seemed like it went by in a heartbeat. It did for us because we had some things happen. And so when things happen and life starts to move in ways that you don't expect, time tends to get away from you a little quicker. So 57 days, but then one week ago today, those listeners who get notifications when we produce new episodes were awarded I don't know if I would say awarded. Rewarded. We tried to make it a reward to say thank you for your patience and waiting 58 days to hear from us again. And now we'll give you five consecutive episodes daily, which we did. Yeah. So it was a fast and then a binge. Yes. That's a good way to put it. It was a fast and a binge. And it is Lent. I'm going to go ahead and assume you planned it that way for the intention of having a story to tell. Oh, I guess. Yes. Let's go go that route. That may be a safe assumption. There was some consideration given to presenting the series of episodes consecutively on a Monday through Friday. And so then we thought, well, let's just see what happens and how many people, since they have had to fast, they might enjoy binging because sometimes binging does is a little easier for people on a weekend. So then we just bookmarked them with the weekend. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And it was a holiday weekend, so it worked out It great. was a holiday weekend. Five consecutive episodes, Friday through Tuesday. And since we published that first one on a Friday, and I had promised in one of those episodes that because of this fast, we would want to work back trust and get to a cadence. I thought, let's just see if we can present one on every Friday. Here we are Friday again, and so we have produced six episodes in eight days. So, Kevin, I just mentioned Lent, and we'll get to that in a minute in a faith segment. I'll mention more about that. But there are a couple of things I want to revisit. The campaign, He Gets Us, how much you love how people handle their leaves, because I've made a few observations. It's because I know it'll drive you crazy. And then I think it's important to revisit our contest and maybe give an update. So I would like to say that we have heard from two listeners who have presented some numbers. So we are now up to, by my count, 12, I believe. That's what I calculated. So we have 12. Now, before I let you talk about the contest, I will say that a listener contacted me yesterday 
and said, hey, not all markets are the same. So I needed to clarify that we, you had specifically said the S&P 500. Correct. As he contacted me, he sent me a link to this. I never know that I say this news source correctly. And for 10 years, I may have been half the time mispronouncing. He sent me a link to this article from Reuters. Is it Reuters or is Reuters. it Reuters? See, I just did it. So everyone can say, <laughs> yeah, Hartley Wright does not know how to say Reuters. It's okay. English is your first language. <laughs> English is my first language and I'm a writer. So this would be a case where someone would say, how do you pronounce that? And I would think, uh. <laughs> so you have to go to your counselor and go, how would you pronounce it? That? Yes, that's right. Reuters sent a link to this article yesterday, February 22nd. Okay. No, it was. You don't know when the article was written? The article was written on February 22nd. Okay. From Reuters. Wednesday? Doesn't matter. Well, 22nd Thursday. Thursday. Oh, so I was right to begin with. That's why you just He's let, exhausted. That's why you he just published. He published five episodes in five days. That's why when Cut I said that. That's why when I said that, you just let me keep going because yes. I was right. Yeah. I was watching your eyes. I'm like, I know he's spinning out of control right now. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what my eyes were doing, but you're right. My mind I was apologize just apologize for letting you go through that on your own. Yeah, that's a, that's okay. It's, I wasn't it's, a very good friend. It's, it's it's quite all right. So get to the article. I want to know. Um, Pink my interest. So now. this listener sent a link to this article from Reuters that says, and I bu- I'm going to take a crack at how to pronounce this stock. It's NVIDIA. NVIDIA. Fuels world, worldwide stock frenzy. Yep. Bond yields rise. So yep. it's an article on that, which yep. sounds like you're familiar with oh, it. Yeah. So we can we can talk about that if you want. Um, well, but was there something in the article about a prediction of the S and P 500, or just talking about what's I think driving it, the market today? It does comment on what the S and P 500, you know, gained, and, mm-hmm. and and it did mention that the S and P and Nasdaq are rallying about five percent each. So year to date, the Dow is closing in on a fresh new record. But the, they're not part of our record. contest. So right. Well, well, we will monitor it. It doesn't matter. For the payoff in the contest. It's all about the S&P 500 for us. Yes. So that, that, so that's why I wanted to revisit it, yep. just to clarify it is all yep. about the S&P. Yeah, our contest is. Yes. Maybe next year we'll do something different with a different index. I, I think, you know, if this goes well and we get a good response, right, right now we've got a dozen. Hey, know. a month ago we had none. R- right. So I think that's a good response. That's momentum, I, baby. I think every year we should have some kind of right. financial contest of some right. kind uh, in some way. We've got plenty of time I'll to think creative. about it. We've got plenty of time to think about it because this yeah, contest is going to last months. <laughs> 10 months. As of today, what is it? We're at 11. We're at 11 record highs this year. Wow. So this is a fantastic contest. We had a whole bunch in a short period of time, but then nothing because last week yeah. the SP was down. Uh, we were closed for President's Day. So we only had a couple of trading days this week. Big earnings from NVIDIA. Markets are responding very positively. I don't believe we'll have a record close today, but that's okay. Right. I acted surprised, and really I shouldn't have been surprised because as we talked about this contest. Yeah, if it goes up especially point on our one, episode, Yeah, that's point one. And then you pointed out that we didn't right. have any. I'm in danger. Well, I can't win the contest anyway, but right. I'm in danger of my number not being. I don't know that I would say that. I'll take Inflation your Inflation was it. higher last month than they anticipated. Now the Fed is thinking that, hey, maybe we'll raise rates one more time. And the market didn't care for that. I'm sure, I'm sure the so market if they, did not. So they come through in March and raise rates. You'll see a pullback. That's true. Very true. Oh, and how could I have forgotten that it is an election year? Yes, it is. So, you know, we're going to have all these highs now, and then it's going to come to a screeching There's off. still quite a bit of headwinds. Yes, you are right. I was not thinking. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. I wouldn't give up on your spinning. number at all. That's it. Mine is 18. 
we, we'll give updates. Maybe not every week. And once on a month. We'll, we're at. We'll yeah, maybe update. once a month we'll put an update and then state how many trading days are left. By the way, when I said 11, that's just my own unofficial tally that I have in my notebook. When it comes time for us to start posting this, it's in print, I'll make sure that I'm right. Yeah, okay. That, but unofficially right now, I believe it's 11. Unofficially 11. But I don't have that notebook in front of me. You know, since we're already in that financial mind, and I know that probably nothing has happened, but is there any financial update? I alluded to it. Uh, inflation numbers came in higher than anticipated. Wall Street got all freaked out. If you remember on this podcast, we said, stop doing that. You're getting way ahead of yourselves. Don't start talking about six rate cuts in 24 when we don't know what the data is going to look like. Well, now the Fed came out and said, oh, we're going to stay higher for longer, which immediately pissed off the market. And then the minutes came out for the testimony. There was some discussion among the board members that we may even raise rates one more time, which Wall Street didn't care for. So we had a big retreat. Then everything was dumped on NVIDIA's earnings, which were released. They were sky high. Their stock, as your Reuters link would tell you, hitting record highs with NVIDIA. All the artificial intelligence stocks are way up. Supermicro and others, ARM out of the United Kingdom, just killing it. Markets are all up today, but we still have this euphoria based on their earnings, which are not completely indicative of the entire economy, but this is how of course. it reacts. There's a lot of, lot of uncertainty now within all the trading markets about what, what is the Fed going to do? And once again, I'll just continue to say, who cares? In the long run, who cares? They're going to pause. They're going to potentially raise one more time and then start cutting in the second half of the year, or they're going to continue to pause and then cut in the second half of the year. Who cares in the next three months? It is intriguing to me, though, how everything weighs on that, how it's, how, it's just silly. how much emphasis is on the Fed and what the Fed's going to do. Yeah, there's an old wife. Uh, I can't say, can you say wives tale anymore? There's an old, it's there's an not, old phrase. It's, it's something I don't hear much anymore. Right, there's an old idiom in the in our world that says you can't fight the Fed as an investor. So pay attention to what they're doing. If they're pausing, if they're raising, if they're cutting, you can't fight the Fed. Well, I haven't done a lot of analytical studies to find out if that's true or not. But the general consensus is if they're going to start cutting rates, that'll be good for the borrower, good for corporations trying to raise capital because their borrowing costs will be less. Going to be worse for people that have money in their savings account because those are directly correlated to whatever the federal funds rate is. But anyway, that's kind of a, a phrase yeah. that you hear in our industry, you can't fight the Fed. So when, when they say, hey, we might raise rates, then all of a sudden the traders get all out of whack, and they're like, oh, I thought you were going to already be cutting by now. That's, it's just intriguing to me. You just said something that made me think about something I know that you have mentioned before about a study in which the thermostat in an office yeah. setting... One office building, seven people. And in, in the, yeah, which that in itself, we should probably let that sink in for you, listener. One office building, seven people, and it was national news, and it was... Uh, the national news correspondents didn't vet the story. They just repeated it and without doing any research to see what was behind it. And I'm mentioning this because I know that you are aware of, but you have never told me about a study in which news sources, I guess, presented some fake news to see what, how yes. it would be, how it would pick up. yes. Tell me about that study because I don't. I've never heard that. Um, I'll have to figure out which book I read it in and the person behind it. I don't remember his name now. But he intentionally created a study. It was all fake. Pushed it out. Tried to see which news sources would pick it up because he wanted to kind of watch how it evolved. Oh wow! You know, like the snowball. So exactly. let's say, see, better homes and gardens. I, I, and I'm sure it wasn't them, but I'll use them as an example. So maybe he pushes all this data out to anyone that might release it in a news press release. And once one starts picking it up, then it starts hitting other tickers. 
and then another source will pick it up and they'll replay it and another source and another source and another source. If I'm not mistaken, the study was actually intriguing in the respect that he said, eat chocolate, lose weight. That was the premise of the study. It was all fake data. Somehow that's familiar to me that I had heard that. (laughs) You probably have. It made national news, right? So then, then every single outlet out there who's, starving for content. Picks it up. Picks it, picks up, it up and, and takes it, out. it and runs yeah. with it. And then, of course, it's a competitive market and someone's uh, always yeah. looking at someone else. When, yeah, because they'd rather be first than be right. That is the environment in which we live today. Uh, of course. Better be first than right. Yes. You, you notice anytime there's a retraction, it's buried somewhere. And then you still have all these people who believe this myth because they saw the headline, never saw the story behind it. Like, hey, that was a social experiment I did might maybe it was uh, fraught with some type of whether whether or not his putting out this fake study was ethical. Yes, that's that's the correct way. So to say he it. was trying to figure out if what he did was even ethical or not. But he said I, I needed to see what would happen. Right. So eat chocolate, lose weight was kind of the premise, and he had this fake data all behind it. No one ever checked it. They just rushed it they to just press ran with it, and then it builds on its own. And all of a sudden, it's a worldwide story. Eat chocolate, lose weight. Well, of course, you know, Nestle's going to love that. Of course. Woohoo! It'd be like me just drinking this Coke and going, I can drink as much Coke as I want and never have to worry about diabetes. <laughs> exactly. Coke's going to go, fund that story, get that on the press. So it just took this life of his own. He finally came out and said, this was an experiment I did, which is then, of course, embarrassed and pissed off the people who ran the story. Of course. But his point was, you never checked any of this. Exactly. Do you remember Knight Ritter? That's a news source publication, yep. and there yep. are many Knight Ritter publications throughout that the United States. That is pronounced States. correctly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much. I was confident of that one. When we were told that they were WMDs all over Iraq, yeah. which was obviously a false flag, I'll come back to that, everybody, like you said, was rushing to get it out first. But Knight Ritter, they would hear this information, and the editor, I cannot remember his name, and there has been a dramatization of this. He said, I don't care about being first. Let's find out if this is true and this is right. And so everything that they published would not confirm that there were WMDs. And if I remember right, when they did produce any kind of article related to what was happening in Iraq and the search for WMDs, they actually cast doubt on it or at least declared this is not a certainty. They have integrity in that regard. Now, when it all came out, which was years and years later, wasn't right away, obviously they're saying, okay, this didn't really exist, and same kind of embarrassment of all these reporters and news agencies. Yeah, I, I cannot remember the guy's name. I can still see his face. He was a UN weapons inspector, and he got interviewed. My recollection was he was an American citizen, white guy, glasses, brown hair. He was interviewed. Waldo. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to see his face. Are we playing Guess Who? No. Does does your character have a bow tie on? But he came out and said, we have looked everywhere, and we have no evidence of any WMDs, which did not go over well in the U.S. Of course Because that was the premise upon which we built our invasion. But he's like, We've been looking for years. Can't find any. Because I don't think they existed. I I mean, he I can either confirm or deny that right. statement. Yes. I jokingly told one of my clients at the time, he's deceased now, we were talking about it. And I said, I'll promise you this. If they look long enough and it drags on long enough, there'll be some weapons of mass destruction there somewhere. Whether or not we bring them over and plant them, they will find them. I know that's a horrible thing to say, but quite frankly, my government hasn't given me a lot of reason to trust it over the oh, last no. 70 years. Hence... The two references I've already made to false flags, right. and listener, by that I just mean it's uh, it's a it's a claim. That's that's probably the best way. Yeah. It's a claim that is made with the pretense that it will 
evoke emotional support of the American people to get behind it. And our government has been creating false flags. Probably since 1776. Oh, they've been doing it for a long time. We'll be right back. During this break, I have got to grab me some of those great smelling cookies from the craft service table. Fat chance. There's no cookies on the craft service table out there. Well, I don't see them here in the studio, and I've been smelling them cookies since this episode began. Those aren't cookies you smell, my friend. That's 100% yours truly. What? It's my new deodorant. Call me horrible hygiene hazardous halitosis Hartley no more. Are you telling me you're wearing cookie-scented deodorant? That's right. And you, too, can have the smell of freshly baked cookies with you all day long. Introducing armpit-activated cookie deodorant. Regular deodorant disappears soon after it is applied. Cookie deodorant stays with you all day long. Available in three refreshing scents. Chocolate chip, oatmeal raisin, and pfeffernusa. Pfeffernusa? That's a cookie? Pfeffernusa is a nut-sized cookie spiced with ginger, cinnamon, cardamom, and pepper. I've always called those pepper cakers. Where are we, Kevin? In Norway? This is America. And in America, we call them Pfeffernusa. And it's one of the three fresh scents available in the new armpit-activated cookie deodorant. Well, I'm glad to know you're addressing your hygiene, but you'll still need to do something about... My halitosis? It's a two-for-one. The makers of armpit-activated cookie deodorant state this is one type of cookie dough you definitely can eat raw. Cookie deodorant, available at your local Fickle and Pickle and on shelves in seven and penny stores nationwide. Hey, listener, are you having one of those typical days at work? Are you starting to feel a little run down? Are you considering something of a pick-me-up, like your usual cup of coffee? Well, before you head off to the kitchen or cafeteria, I'd like to try and change your mind. Let me tell you about an awesome new soft drink that's a whole lot better for you than your daily dose of caffeine. I've started drinking it just before I head out and hit the road. It's called... It's a new fortified fruit juice, sort of, and it's available in all of your favorite flavors. It contains no preservatives or artificial flavors, and it's sugar-free. It has all the vitamins and minerals your body needs to keep you going all day. It'll tickle your fancy, sharpen your skills, and strengthen your bones. And it's available anywhere. Go grab a can of right now. If you enjoy listening to Faith Finances and F-Bombs, help us out and tell someone about it. Or better yet, post a review or a comment. You can find us on social media, searching Faith Finances and F-Bombs, and tweet us at Faith Money Bomb. Kevin and I are both on Facebook, and you can leave a comment via email, f.bombs at hartleywright.com. We hope you'll spread the word and thanks. Now, let's get on with this episode. Let's talk about Lent. We have now been in Lent since Ash Wednesday, which was... Valentine's Day. Yes, it was Valentine's this year. Day. That was hey. a big week. Yeah. Super Bowl. Super Bowl was on Sunday. Mardi Gras. Ash Mardi Wednesday. Gras. Valentine's Day. Ash Wednesday, Valentine's Day. And let's Day. not forget, pitchers and catchers reported. How tough. could we not forget that? Pitchers and catchers reported on the 14th. Yeah, we all have our own value system. <laughs> yes, and then on the 16th, Faith Finances and F-Bombs reemerged With a force not seen before. Sounds good to me. All right. Often Lent is associated with giving something up. I just want to say for our faith segment today that I want to think about taking up something or taking on a practice. Prayer. Now, many people may already be praying who listen, but I just want to talk about taking up prayer, taking it to another level. But before I do that, I have written this statement that the life made possible for us was in God's plan even before he created the world. He has always wanted a group of people who embrace him and his values, a people who would be holy and blameless before him, 
God's long-term intentionality shows how much he wants us as his very own. That can be a difficult statement depending on where you are in your faith journey. It's always at the heart of the faith portion of this podcast to say, let's make space for God. So in light of having that relationship, uh, I would just like to say prayer, and I'm presenting this as an opportunity. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's an invitation. If you would like to Take a step on a spiritual journey and take something up for Lent. I would encourage prayer as something if it's not something that you have as a current practice. If you do have it as a current practice, I think this is still applicable because there's a part of this that I think we will be able to appreciate as a reminder or maybe new information that says, hmm, that's really important. I would just like to say, first of all, that it is very important to remember that prayer is an encounter and a relationship, which is deep. And this relationship cannot be forced either on us or on God. So because it cannot be forced on us or on God, when we do not tangibly perceive a divine presence, our first thought should be gratitude. Because God is merciful, he is not untimely. So he gives us a chance to judge ourselves, to understand, and not come to him in a moment when it would mean or we would feel that it would mean condemnation for us. Because God is not about condemnation, despite what people feel in terms of his anger and his wrath. That wrath is really a result of God being a just God, not a punishing God or a condemning God. By and large, I think for most people, unless we are in a habit and a practice of praying regularly, we tend to go to God in prayer when we want something from him, not him at all. Do I want something from him or relationship with him? Because it is about relationship. Another thing to keep in mind when we pray is that when we try to be who we are not, we become a fictitious personality, an unreal presence. This unreal presence that we present cannot be approached by God. So therefore, I say we have to be real. And as long as we are real, as long as we are truly ourselves, God can be present and can do something with us. Now, all of this being true and all of this being said, when, when we do pray, pray from a stance of saying that we are sinners in need of salvation, we are cut off from him and cannot live, the argument can be made, well, I've been living just fine without him. So I'll say we cannot live with satisfaction, with abundance, having a fullness to our lives without him. I and mean, all we can offer is our desperate longing to be transformed and to receive his grace and to receive his mercy and to receive his renewal and all of the good gifts that he has for us. I would like to go back to where you started when you talked about Lent, and this is certainly the view I had of it growing up. Many of the people who knew me when I was in elementary school, junior high, assumed I was Catholic because of my last name. I never was. But there was that assumption because, oh, well, you're Italian, you got to be a Catholic because all Italians are Catholic. And that was true then. About <laughs> 97% of Italians were Catholic, but we weren't and never were. The other but, assumption was that all policemen, policemen were Irish. <laughs> I thought those were drunks. <laughs> well, either way. Drunk police. <laughs> either way. All right, so we digress. But I remember this discussion about Lent, and I would hear people talking about it, and it was always this question. Hey, what are you giving up for Lent? Yeah, exactly. And they'd say, well, I'm giving up chocolate, or I'm giving up alcohol, or I'm giving up cigarettes, whatever. I'm giving up, I'm giving up, I'm giving up. So when you said that to start this segment, I was glad you flipped it and said, what are you taking on or getting from it instead of giving up because I always thought well, Lent sounds like it sucks. Right. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that. My intention was to give meaning to what you were doing. 
because I grew up around Catholics all the time. And sometimes I would ask people, what are you giving it up for in Lent? And I said, yeah, I know, but what is Lent? Yeah. And half the, more than half of the people I would always ask could not tell me what Lent was. I didn't know what it was. So just, they didn't I just knew whatever it. this thing that was going on in their lives didn't sound like it was very fun. Right. Yeah. And so they didn't understand what it was. So if you don't understand why you're giving it up, then how meaningful is it to be? It's just, right. it's a, it's an empty exercise that you're doing. Yeah. It makes sense to me. Yeah. I say as, as I became older, wiser, and the, committed my life to God and when I was 29 this makes more sense to me now than it did when I hear these conversations in school like, wow right the purpose of it is that you abstain from something that you enjoy or abstain from something that you might have an inadequate amount of so that that which you are missing allows you to long for God that's the real intent behind it well rather than get into all that and have to explain all that and think about it I'm saying take, take up this practice all right, good, good stuff. All right, let's get back to our appointed duties and go live out our life yeah. as Christ would ask us to. What I really hear you saying and what I feel deep within my heart is that our future selves are asking our present selves <laughs> Stop it. to move on and become past selves because this episode has come to an end. Listener, thank you so much for joining us. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to talking to you. No, talking to each other and you listening in yeah in the future and yeah. you can check us out next week thanks <laughs>